Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's quick cast is an episode with Kyle Flood, offensive line coach at Alabama, about to play for a national championship against Ohio State. We recorded this podcast originally at the New York High School Coaches Association Clinic last January. They have their virtual clinic coming up, and you can find that at nyshsfca.coachesclinic.com. Early bird pricing for their clinic expires on January 11th. It's an incredible lineup that they've put together. You're going to see Coach Kyle Flood here, who's on today's podcast, Ed Ogeron, Greg Schiano, Dave Clausen from Wake Forest, and a lineup of great college and high school speakers. You definitely want to check that one out. An incredible lineup, as I've said. Coach Flood is also part of Lawrence First and Goal Clinic. And you can find that one at lfgf.coachesclinic.com. 160 speakers, all to benefit pediatric brain tumor research and cancer services. Highly recommend you checking out both clinics. Again, nyshsfca.coachesclinic.com and lfgf.coachesclinic.com. Remember that the early bird pricing for the New York Clinic expires on the 11th, so get on that one ASAP. Alabama has been dominant in college football, especially on the line of scrimmage. In today's podcast, Kyle Flood shares some of the secrets to what they do, how they do it, that make them so successful. Coach Flood will be moving on from Alabama after the national championship game to become co-offensive coordinator at Texas, but he talks about the impact of being a part of the Alabama staff and learning from Nick Saban and what that does for a coach. When you work somewhere as an assistant, you want to work somewhere where the head coach is going to make you better. And I think Coach Saban's drive on a day-in, day-out basis makes everybody on the staff better. And to do that, despite all the success that he has already had, is very unique. And it's why not a lot of places have been able to replicate what he's done in Alabama. So that part has certainly had an impact on me. When you look at the Alabama run game, it seems like they run everything. Power, counter, duo, inside zone, outside zone, toss. And in this segment, Coach Flood shares how he's taking a same-as approach to teaching the fundamentals when possible, which allows them to do so much and be good at it. This is really 
probably the most volume of run game that I've been around. And I think it was very good for us this year that we had it. And I think in your coaching, the amount of times that you can say same as, your players get better. So if you can teach a settle step and a shoulder lift on a gap scheme the same way you teach it on, a zone, on an inside zone scheme, well, then every time you practice it, you're really practicing both schemes. So as we don't, we don't ever want to sacrifice the details of a play right. just so we can say same as. We don't do that. But there are a lot. There are some instances from a technique standpoint where we are able to do that, and you know, the shoulder lift is probably the easiest example of that. Running this kind of volume certainly does take repetition to get good at things, and in this segment, coach talks about how they do that. No question, and, and I talked about this today with, with some of the high school coaches that were here. You know, to me, I, I think you can get bogged down in your individual periods if you're trying to get 10, 15 reps of the same thing in a day. You know, we get one to two reps of a skill and then we move on to the next one and the next one and then we'll come back to it either the next day or the day after. But we, we can't spend all of our time on one skill a day because we won't get to everything that we need to get to. Coach talks about the cumulative effect of reps and he talks about how not to get bogged down by your own defense in training camp when these things need to be installed. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely the cumulative effect and I think you can't get... You can't get weighed down in your practice plans as an offensive line coach with what the defense your team runs is doing because if you're spending all the, t all the time trying to scheme your own defense, there's going to be too many other things that are going to come up during the year. And I tell the players this, and I'll say it here, that if you don't get it taught in training camp, so whatever your training camp is, if you don't get all of the skills taught, not that they're going to be mastered in training camp because right. that's why you have a whole season. Hopefully you're getting better as the season goes on. But if you don't get those skills at least introduced and taught during training camp, it's very hard to introduce them in, in, with the time constraints of a game week. The four-eye can be seen across college football, especially in the SEC. And Coach talks about their technique in wide zone versus the tight front and the four-eye. Yeah, yeah, going, to, going to Alabama was really the first time that I had, had encountered as much of that front as we had. And then you start looking at your opponents and you see the, the Kirby Smarts and the, and the guys in that league, Jeremy Pruitt, and who have worked on his staff and run a version, a very similar version of, of what Coach Saban runs on defense. And when we started blocking outside zone to the four-eye side, so the tight end's gonna handle the Sam and now we're comboing the four-eye to the mic, we, we were using hands. Mm -hmm. And what I found was the tackle was getting flattened out by the four-eye. The four-eye was almost playing inside-out through his inside number, and we were getting stretched out. So the tackle's feet are going backwards. The guard really couldn't fit the combination the way we wanted to, and I just never felt good about it. So we decided we we're gonna treat the four-eye like a two-eye, and we started settle-stepping and then shoulder-lifting the four-eye and allowing the guard to get into it, and really putting the premium on the vertical movement of the four-eye. Even if it made us a little bit late on the mic, we could always you know, kind of secure the four-eye and kick the mic out and run the ball in the seam in between those two guys. And when we started doing that, the plays got a lot better. Here's a quick detail on exactly how they practice that shoulder lift. Well, we do, we do some shoulder lifting on a Crowther sled. Um, we don't really drive sleds because I think you end up leaning on them but we do lift sleds. And so for that settle kind of shoulder lift, that's the sled that we use right now. And it's been good to us. In this next segment, Coach talks about how they prepare and how they think about running against all the multiple fronts that they're going to see in the course of a game. 
I th for us, we have to really be ready to run them against multiple fronts because you know whether it's our defense or the versions of our defense that we see, most of the teams in our conference will play us in even in odd fronts, and we're not always sure of which structure we're going to get more of. So we have to be ready to block both. Uh, the pin-pull plays on the outside zone were good for us, and I, I always I, I try to tell people to be guarded against adding things. Uh, for us, we did it, and it was good to us because we were running so much zone, we felt like the linebackers were, were fitting the plays too easily. They were fitting it downhill too easily on us and pulling us off our double teams. And now, you know, you block down on whether it's a four-eye or a three technique, whatever it is, and you're pulling one or two players to the outside, you're, you're changing a lot of gaps for the linebackers. So now you're giving them a completely different picture than just a, a zone scheme that they can kind of flat wall defense every time. So we probably run them both about the same amount of time, but I would not have anticipated that going into the season. I didn't think we'd run as much pin pull as we did, but it was, it was really good for us. And I thought it declared really easily for the runners. I thought they were able to hit the seams full speed. Coach Flood talks about how they make adjustments in-game and determine what plays that they're going to call. We, yeah, we always, we always want to know a couple things that we always want to know, like, hey, how do we want to handle the backside? You know, how, how are we able to get the backside two-eye cut off or the backside shaded nose guard cut off? Those are things we want to know right away. You know, how vertical is he playing? Is he a reader? Is he a penetrator? Is he a guy we can cut? Is he not a guy we can cut? So we, we don't cut a lot, but we do use it against some of the penetrating defenses for sure. Uh, we'll do some of that. Uh, and then on the front side, I always want to know, like, when, we're, when we are pin-pulling a three technique, how is that guy playing? Is he, is he trying to wipe us over the top? Uh, if, he, if he is, we may have to change our target a little bit if we feel that you know, he doesn't have any weight on his hand and he's doing that. But uh, for the most part, we want to call plays that allow us to block the support of the defense. So whether you give us a three-down structure or a four-down structure, to me, we've got hats for all those guys. It's really how we're going to handle the support, whether it's a rotating safety down or a quarters cover safety. And whatever it is, how we handle those guys is really the key to the success of the run game, in my opinion. Part of winning on the line of scrimmage is pass protecting, and Coach talks about the keys to consistently blocking every front and movement that they're going to see. Yeah, the, the coordination between the running backs and the linemen is critical. Um, every... Every opportunity we get in practice to block blitzes, we do it. We take that, and that, and that was something I took away from being in Atlanta with the Falcons. Every opportunity we had to block blitzes before practice, after practice, whether it's a special teams walkthrough, a special teams period where the linemen aren't involved, we were blocking blitzes. And, and you know, in, in the NFL, you have different rules in phase one, phase two. There's only so many things you can do. There's right. certain times of the year you can't get together with all 11, but you can get together with six and you can block blitzes. So we did that. So it became an all-year-round process. You know, in Atlanta, and that was something we absolutely brought here. So whether it's pre-practice, walkthrough, in-practice, special teams period where the linemen aren't involved, we are going to be blocking blitzes every opportunity we get. And I think that's the only way you can do it and get good at it. And then the other part of that is you have to have protections that you trust. And what I mean is if you're trying to rig a protection every week to block a certain blitz, first of all, you may not even see that blitz. You may see a different version of it. So I I think, I think you can jam yourself up and confuse your own players when you do that. And to me, the, if you're a good protection team, yes, your linemen have to block the blitzes and your running backs got to be coordinated. But most teams that are good protection teams are also good protection teams because the quarterback gets the ball out on time. So I think that's another another key to that. We, were, we had a lot of success this year uh, on third down and blocking blitzes. And... Some of that reason is the ability of guys like Tua and Mac Jones to get the ball out in rhythm and get it out on time 
to make sure that that, uh, that the blitzes don't get to us when we are hot. Part of being able to block a blitz is being able to understand where it's coming from. Coach Flood talks about recognition and tip-offs for blitz. I think, I think there's things every week you look at, and it's it's body language, it's alignments. Is the defensive end a little bit tighter now than he was before? Is the linebacker stance different now than it was before? Um, the rotation of the safeties is always a pretty good indicator, especially in college football where the hashes are so much wider. You don't see as much uh, all-out disguise like you do in the NFL. It's a little tougher in the NFL. With the hashes being closer, the disguises are tougher. But in college, I think alignments, stances, and safety rotation, that's kind of, the, that's kind of where it starts. Formations certainly affect the run game and protection. And Coach talks about formation advantages for the run game and their protections in this segment. Yeah, I think I think always, you know, you look, you always look to see how a defense plays a certain personnel group, and then within that personnel group, how do they play the formations? And like I said before, like the the front is really not the issue in my opinion because right. it's 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 much more about the the coverage and the the run support if you're talking about the run game um, and pass protection. There's definitely stuff you can do formationally, whether it's a compressed formation just to put somebody near that defensive end, whether he's going to chip or not. Sometimes even just having him in a compressed formation can help you slow down a rusher. Uh, now, compressed formations also help disguise for the defense. Right, so it's, it, right. I was going to There's a little bit that. of give and take <laughs> with those as well. Uh, but, yeah, putting tight ends in motion to chip a really good defensive end, you know, running a running back through the B-gap to chip the outside half of really good three techniques so the guard can sit on his inside number. Uh, there's absolutely things formationally and motion-wise you can do to, to help your lineman. Being able to help a tackle in pass protection is sometimes necessary. And Coach Flood discusses the technique that's involved when a player is getting help. If you're a tackle and you know that you're going to get help, whether it's chip help or just the presence of, a, of a, a tight end for a certain amount of time before he leaves for his route, you're definitely going to sit on a tighter target. You're going to sit a little bit more inside. Now, part of the coaching for the guy who's doing the chipping or giving the presence he has to make sure that he's on the outside half of that defensive end, or there's a chance he could undercut the tackle, and then that be, you know, you're creating a problem instead of solving a problem. Uh, but I think you know, understanding that, hey, when you're using chip, presence, nudge, whatever the term is you use, you're using that to eliminate speed rush. So don't set for a lot of depth, and don't set very wide, because he should be pushing the defender into you. Coach finishes up this quick cast with giving us an idea of the toolbox of sets they use to help protection. Yeah, there's, good, there's definitely good D linemen in the SEC for sure. I think, you know, your players, you want to have an angle set, a vertical set. You, you want to have some type of rock set or jump set, whatever you, know, whatever you call that. And then you got to know when to use them. But the, the reality is the best pass protection is a good run game. Yeah. <laughs> the more you can make those guys on defense worry about you running the ball, the better pass protector you're going to be for sure. And then on third down, then you got to be ready for whatever the exotics are going to be. Um, you know, in college football is a little different than the NFL. In the NFL, certain teams that have you know a high level of pass rushers on their team, those guys will mostly line up with four guys and let them rush the passer because that's kind of what they get paid to do. Mm -hmm. In college, it's a little different. You don't see a lot of that. Everybody has kind of a third down pressure package that they go to. So when you get to third down, it's really a little bit more about that than it is necessarily just the straight pass rush or the games and things like that. Thank you for listening to today's Quick Cast. Follow me on Twitter, at Coach K Grabowski, for updates on clinics and everything that we're doing on coachingcoordinator.com. 
And be sure to check out the clinics that we mentioned here, Lawrence First and Go LFGF coachesclinic.com at nyshsfca.coachesclinic.com and get those early bird savings before they expire on the 11th.